Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest was a single mum for 10 years, with little or no involvement from her children's fathers. She has three children with two different fathers, one who unfortunately passed away, and the other where there's an ongoing custody battle. She is here with us on the podcast today to tell her story and hopefully help other single parents who are fighting custody battles and dealing with difficult co-parenting situations. This is the Strong, Single and Human podcast. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So look, oh, blimey, you've had a run over the last few years. Two dads, three kids, one who unfortunately passed away and the other one, like you're in a custody battles with. So look, t- tell us a little bit, like let's go back to the beginning. Tell us a bit about your journey um, and how you've got to here. Yeah, so I met my ex-husband in middle school. So back in like sixth, seventh grade, um, we were always kind of in a similar group, but never dated in in the years that we were in school together. We both went off to college, came home, and some mutual friends of ours were dating. And so we obviously knew each other, started dating, and like it was in the summer. We were like engaged by like November 1st. So it was very, very fast. Um, He was super dreamy and... He loved my parents. My parents loved him. Um, he actually moved in with my dad and I pretty quickly. Um, him and my dad, it was he was like the son that my dad always wanted. He was wow. the quarterback, the football player, the whole thing. So yeah, we it all happened super quick. We moved away to Utah to finish up school. He was going to continue playing college football, and we ended up in a little tiny town in Utah and didn't last very long there we ended up following my family when they moved from idaho to california where we are now so um some red flags in between we had some financial struggles he was very unsure of what path he was going to take he was pretty dead set on football but that wasn't really going the way he wanted it to so we came out to california he kind of had a bunch of odd jobs, and then I got pregnant. <laughs> so, oh my god! But so, how old were you guys then? So I was twenty. He, we were both twenty. Um, yeah, I, wow. I wasn't even twenty-one yet. We came from a very small town where um, the Mormon culture was very, very dominant. So, getting pregnant early and getting married young was not like a crazy idea for us. Um, we had totally planned on it like the whole time. Um, so yeah, we came to California. I think I was pregnant, found out I was pregnant in May. 
And yeah, so then we, we were living with my parents. He was kind of bouncing around from job to job. Um, And then my first probably big clue was like infidelity number one. Um, I think I was just barely a few months pregnant before I started kind of finding out that he was, you know, staying late at work to hang out with different people. And um, we decided to go ahead and get married, um, planned the whole wedding. And about a month prior to the wedding, one of my good friends, her husband pulled me aside and was like, I don't really know how to tell you this, but Jordan's been sleeping with one of our trainers. And I was <gasps> like, oh, well, okay, thanks. So yeah, I'm like, I just had a baby. Um, She was itty bitty. So we had quite a, a struggle with her. She was very, very tiny. And um, it was pretty traumatic. I almost died during that childbirthing <gasps> situation. So we were... You know, it should have been this super happy time where we were having this little baby and it was not. So um, I kind of talked to my dad and he was like, well, I mean, you guys are young. And he was kind of just like, we love Jordan, Um, you know, suck it up, buttercup. We've already paid for everything. So like, unless you're dead set on this, like, let's move forward. So I did. We had already sent out every invitation. Everything had been paid for. My parents paid an obscene amount of money for a very lavish wedding. Um, We had our little daughter with us, this little tiny thing with a little tiny dress. And and the night before I got married, I got rip-roaring drunk and tried, you know, to tell my bridesmaids. I had bridesmaids writing my vows. Like, I was not, I did not want to do this, but I just felt like it was too late. So we did it, um, got married. And then I think things kind of settled out for a little while. We ended up moving to Arizona to be closer to some other family. Um, we had a brother-in-law that was going off to Afghanistan and he needed his family was there with little kids. And so we kind of went out that direction and that's when my ex-husband decided to join the military. So he kind of saw the life that his brother had and kind of realized that his direction was pretty, wasn't really going anywhere. So his brother kind of really talked him into the military. So um, we, we got him off to the beginning of that. And kind of right before he left, we actually chose to split. I was, he had quit a couple of jobs. We were, had no money. Um, So it was just not, was not a good situation. So I moved home with my parents. I took our daughter and he kind of went off and did this military thing. Um, we ended up reconnecting a little while later and got pregnant with our son. Oh my um, God. Yeah, you two are potent. I know. Potent. Not, not a good match. Um, but he had, there was really good qualities about him. I remember him coming visit us one summer and he had had a little bit of experience with the military. He seemed a lot more put together, had a lot more confidence about him, uh, was looking amazing, like the whole thing. And I kind of just fell right back into the trap. Well, you, um, when you love someone, you love someone. That's the thing, right? And that there are things that are great, right? And there, yep. there are things that you're both figuring out when you're young. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, yeah, we... 
during that time, he had got stationed in North Dakota. So the absolute, I like to say, I mean, no offense to anybody that loves North Dakota, but it is the worst state in the United States. Oh my God. It's flat and it is cold. And I mean, like negative 50, like bitter cold. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so, so just to say, Jessica's not saying that you are like, the people are the worst people. It's just no, the state just the itself state. is oh, rubbish. People. It's just cold and yeah. Cold. It's so cold. <laughs> just in case people are listening yeah, no, to this wondering. Great. Some of the nicest people on the planet, but yeah. oh my gosh, it's so cold. Well, they would have to be. It's cold and horrible there. So, yeah, you know, they've got to have something. Um, yeah, I, I had just found out we were pregnant again. We had our daughter and we packed up a U-Haul. I drove. Um, just me and the little one. She was in a car seat in the front seat as I'm like driving a U-Haul. And I'll never forget it. We got through this really gorgeous area in Montana. And I, we were just like, oh my gosh, the mountains and everything was so beautiful. And then it just got flat and flat. And I was just bawling my eyes out because I'm like, we are so far from home. <laughs> like it was just so, it was so flat. So we finally get to North Dakota, we get a house, um, kind of put it all together. And then there was more infidelity stuff that started popping up. Um, My God. You no, know, but we both had obviously had other relationships while we were separated. So a lot of yeah. that. You were, I mean, no. you were on a break. We're on a break. You were, as, as they say in Friends, right? Yeah. You were on a break. On a break. But you know, it's, it's separated. Yeah, yeah, no, which is fair enough, right? But then if you make the decision to get back together, right, then it's about working on that relationship. Yeah. Not working on other relationships. Yeah. So I don't know if it was something about me being pregnant like that, but that was a really hard one because you feel you're kind of your worst when you're pregnant. Wow. So Elvis Presley, the Prez, had those <laughs> issues as well, right? It's all come out in the, you know. Um, so Priscilla Presley was saying all about, you know, how he – had, you know, when she got pregnant with Lisa Marie, it all sort of changed. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows not, what goes on in these people's yeah, heads? I, I am learning more and more that I don't know what goes on in men's heads and I don't yeah, no. really want to. It's a game that no. I'm playing. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no thank you. you. No, I know. And it's quite funny because the more and more comfortable you get with yourself, and who you are and what makes you happy and you focus inward to yourself, the more and more you don't care. The more and more you go, well, you just do, you do you, I'll do me. That's all right. Thanks. But yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you're in North Dakota, flat, cold, not the most pleasant place, but the people are awesome. Yeah. We were on a military base. So it was very, we had a little community. We had a gorgeous house. Um, Yeah. It was all kind of, coming together for the most part. And, um, I had my son, so I have pretty medical, a lot of medical problems when I have babies. So we kind of, some issues were going to happen, not completely sure. Um, it totally happened. So I, the same thing that happened the first time around, I'm almost dying. Jordan's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? My wife. Like, <laughs> So made it through, we get home. Um, and yeah, things were just, we, we were very much not like working together on things. It was kind of me and the kids and he was kind of running off to work a lot, not really wanting to be home. 
Um, and then unfortunately we had a pretty violent issue that took place. And that was kind of, my mom was planning to come out and I kind of texted her and I was like, so we're just going to get you a one-way ticket. And she was like, huh? And I'm like, don't, I can't really talk about it, but like, you're going to come here and then we're going to go home with you. And she was like, oh, got it. And okay. did you, and you had planned this in your head, but like so, your Jordan didn't know, your husband didn't know. He had kind of mentioned that he didn't think we should stay there, that we should go back to California. But I think at the time we were thinking it was going to be like a temporary thing, like he was working a lot. But after that, we had this kind of very large event happen. I was kind of like this. We can't. No, we're we're done. We're done. My mom came. She stayed for a couple of days. We literally waited the worst. Like we're desperate to get out. We pack up the car and we drive 27 hours from North Dakota back to California. And I've got a three-year-old and I'm breastfeeding a newborn in the back. Oh my God. And and did you have to, did you have to wait until he was at work before you could leave? Like, was he like, so was he in the situation where he was like, okay, your mum's visited, but like, he didn't want you to go or. He wasn't saying much. And I also knew that there was some violent tendencies happening. So I kind of explained to my mom as best as I could without getting too into detail and she was like, okay, well, we need to go while he's gone. So we kind of, it was very, it was not a great situation. I remember getting about an hour out of town and just like finally kind of feeling like, oh, we're gone and like we're on our way. Um, yeah. And I like, and I resonate with that because um, when I was separating from my son's dad, like I had my car packed with a week's worth of clothes. Uh, he was looking for a place to move out to and all of these things, but things were really toxic during that stage. And yeah. I'm trying to hold it together and keep it non-toxic for my son's benefit because yeah. my son was two at the time. Yeah. And so you just want to keep it neutral, no arguments, no violence, no lie. And mine wasn't really uh, mine wasn't really physical violence, but it's that verbal violence, yeah. that verbal assault, right? And I was lucky I had a lock on my bedroom door, so I would lock myself in every night just to make sure I was safe. I knew my son was fairly safe in his room. Um, And I just had the car packed because if there was a point where something kicked off, I just had a week's worth of clothes so that I could work. My son could like, you know, nappies, you name it. I think he was he was in nappies overnight. So I packed it prepared so that I could just get somewhere yeah. and be there for a week right and then i knew i was okay quick and i always this sounds when i look back it sounds really sad but i always and i hate reversing but i would always reverse into the driveway and park my car in such a position that i knew i wouldn't be blocked right so he couldn't block my car and all i needed to do was run to the car put my son in the front get me in not even seatbelt him in, but just get him in the car and go, right? Yeah. That was it. Yeah. It's just sad. Like, it's just sad how you get into that situation because yeah. you you fear for your safety. Yeah. So, I yeah, I understand where you're at. Totally. Yeah, totally. I was doing some makeup sales on the side and he didn't even really know. And I was taking, like, my little tiny commission checks and sending them, I think it was to my sister. And she was wow. saving him up. Um, nuts, isn't yeah. it? Nuts. 
No. So sorry, you got out of there. You got out. So, yeah, we we 28, got 28 hours. Yeah, something like that. It was like a three oh day trip, and so we get home. We start the process of divorce. We I file. We do all the things. Um, he would come out to visit, but wouldn't visit our son. He would just see Avon, who was our like four year old, which was very bizarre. Um. He just didn't, he didn't either. He didn't think Cruz was his or didn't want him to be, or didn't have that like attachment to Cruz. I'm not really sure, but yeah, he would come out and, and see Avon and Cruz was a baby. So he doesn't remember this, but no. So yeah, we did Thank this God. battle. He tried to file first for the custody at one point and that didn't work out. Um, no. And then both of us kind of went on our way. He got a girlfriend really quick and I was dating somebody that I had kind of seen previously when we were split and lo and behold <laughs> I get pregnant with Lola <gasps> um so yeah he was it was the worst probably the worst timing of my life but also oh god like I probably wouldn't have ended up with a third child had it not been at that particular time not my brightest, shiniest moment, but um. But we all have those. We do. So we we <laughs> battled along. I had a super. And you super got Lola pregnancy. out of it, didn't you? Totally. That's the thing. So we had yeah. a really tough pregnancy with Lola. Um, same, a lot of the same situations, and then oh I was my God. so stressed out over custody, and I think I gained twelve pounds with Lola. I was wow. so depressed and just really struggling um with everything. So. I end up having Lola. I end up having a full hysterectomy with her because they were like, we cannot save any of your body parts. You are done. Oh, no. I was 25 years old. So single, three kids, wow. full hysterectomy. So it was. Quite and the full problem. hysterectomy comes with complications as well, right? Because yeah. when you have a full hysterectomy, right, it's you get you basically get thrown into menopause to a certain extent, don't you? Yeah, and you're, you know, you're like, it was weird. I remember as a woman, I'm like, well, wait, like I, I wanted more kids. Like I'm only 25 and granted, like, yes, I didn't have a period anymore, but I'm like, I can't have any more babies. And so that, that was weird. It was a tough. Well, it's, it's having part of your body. Yeah, you're, out, you're isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 not like going through menopause naturally, where you've still got no. all your bits there. But yeah. like you know, and admittedly, like when you go through menopause, you can't have children after you've gone through menopause anyway. But your bits are still there. But you actually had bits removed, right? Yeah. So, so it is different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was done having kids by the time that most people start. So, yeah, um, well, and I hadn't even thought about it by then. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, my God. And so, okay, can we, like, just go back and just understand? So, uh, so you had your first child, which is? Avon. Avon, right. So Avon was four. Yeah. Then she you had Cruz. Yeah, so Cruz was just a baby, and then Cruz and Lola are 14 months apart. Oh so Cruz was God. about six months old when I got pregnant. So, wow, they're very, they're like little twins. They leave, they, they're about the same height, same weight. Now they really do look like two twins. <laughs> wow, wow, that's funny. 
God. But that's full on, right? Because you're still going through all of the motions and everything that's connected with baby baby cruise, right? And then you get baby Lola come along and then there's all the emotions and, and I, I'm thinking, right? But I don't know. So excuse my naivety, but I'm thinking that you're breastfeeding baby cruise, but then when you get pregnant, can you still breastfeed? So I was never a great breastfeeder, um, which probably worked out for me. They were all my kids. I tried, but it did never work. Oh. Bottles for and, and- <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, and I, and like, I have to, as long as you try, right? I go, as long as you try, and if it doesn't work out, it's all right. It's like the kids are fine. Oh, yeah. No. I was, me and my brother were bottle fed because, like, when we were born, there was no such thing as breastfeeding your kids. So, like, I think most kids of the 70s, God love us, were breastfed, uh, were breastfed, yeah. were bottle fed because it just wasn't yeah. a, it was easier, more convenient. Yeah. Yeah. And now breastfeeding is convenient. So I don't know. So but, tiny that she couldn't like latch on and then Cruz yeah. was so big that he wasn't getting enough. By the time I had Lola, I actually was on you my were knackered. and I stuffed <laughs> cabbage leaves in my bra in the car and it dried up by the time I got home. Oh, really? I yeah. Was like, no. And it was so awesome because we were always with family and my mom could feed them. My dad, that was like his favorite thing in the world. Because he remembers not being able to bottle feed my sister and I because my mom brought it. So he like loved the idea that he could feed these little grandbabies in a bottle. It was like his. Baby. I did a mix of it because I was old. I was 44 when I had my son. So I wasn't sure whether these things were going to work, right? So I yeah. went, right, let's mix it up a bit. So at least I know he's getting the Because you just can't gauge when you're like breastfeeding right you don't there's no like there's no like little sign that says oh okay it's all good he's filled now so yeah yeah no that's fair enough sorry for everyone listening just we're just talking about the perils of breastfeeding there we go um oh oh, and sorry i'm gonna go down i'm gonna i'm gonna say it your boobs hurt i don't care what anyone says oh my god i mean there needs to be something sorry there needs to be something that's invented that actually like trains your boobs for breastfeeding before you have a baby because that baby wants to feed right and and you go oh but they hurt so yeah and i had to use like a nipple shield oh but, and then yeah. i remember getting lost in the middle of the night and our dog chewed it up one time and like we <laughs> it and i'm like i'm done like yeah i'm yeah. done no, I never had to use one of those, but I do understand. I do know a lot of women who had to use them, and yeah, no, I know. Oh, yeah, that, uh, my memory of bre- like I have good memories of breastfeeding, but I have bad memories of oh. breastfeeding too. Like, <laughs> oh, it's just the pain, <laughs> the pain, right? It was just horrendous. You need like some saddle. Uh, you need like some cream that you can put on them to like, uh, and I know we've got here lanolin. So lanolin's supposed yeah. to help it and all of that stuff, right? But I'm going, no, you need some like, I don't know, some cream that like coats them that's not like going to affect your child, but like is like a rubber, right? There's a rubber that puts it on it that protects the skin, right? Because, oh, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we digress. <laughs> That's a rabbit hole. We probably didn't want to go down. Um, so, okay. So then, oh my God. So you then, so you had a hysterectomy. You had three children, um, all under six, really. Well, uh, mm, yeah. yeah. And they were like five yeah. and under. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. 
And so, okay. And so Jordan was still going for the custody of the two elder ones at this point? I think he had kind of stopped. I think right before I had Lola, the custody, like the, you know, it got ruled out. The kids were going to stay. Okay. And yeah. So by that point he had a, like a full-time girlfriend. They might've even been engaged by then. Um, so he was probably going, oh, I'm not worried, thanks. It's all good. I've got a girlfriend. Yeah. So having yeah, the kids exactly. would be an extra, yeah. And then once Avon was five or six, um, she started flying out to North Dakota. Yeah. So the first flight, I think it was the first flight. I can't remember. She flew with her uncle who was going back. And I think they they flew somewhere else that Jordan and his fiance were going to be and Avon went, and yeah, so Avon started flying by herself, I think like six or seven. So wow. She would, we would, you know, get the, get a flight attendant to, you know, assist. And so, yeah, she was kind of flying on her own. And then, but there was nothing with Cruz or <laughs> my poor son has really wow. gotten to under the it's stick. Very bizarre. But then, so how old's Avon now? She's 13. So has she yeah. ever said anything to you about the flying on her own and like has she no, said, I Oh Ma- liked it. Like Oh, she, so she yeah. And it was like a mini the, adventure for her. Yeah, for the past couple oh, of okay. years when she's you know, she gets to the airport, she gets to fly, you know, a fairly decent seat. She gets a pretty much a servant is pretty much what these people are. They're brought on to uh, you know, to Wait hand and foot on a nine-year-old. So she's drinking Diet Coke and eating peanuts and, you know, got her iPad and the flight's direct. So it was pretty easy um, for the most part. But there was a couple, there was flights that you didn't always know Avon was going to come back on. And wow. that was when it got really crazy was there was moments that you would pray. I would be on the app on like the, the Delta app praying that her seat would get updated, that she was on the plane. Like wow. It was so crazy. So a lot of times she would fly out there and there would be, I wouldn't talk to her for like the time she was there or I'd get like one or two little phone calls. And how long was she there for? Usually a couple weeks, usually I think three weeks ish. Long time. And there was one um, flight a few years ago that her and Cruz went on and they were there for six weeks. It was, it was awful. Um wow. So it's been, you know, we've, yeah, the flying thing, they've always kind of, she's just. They probably, is secondhand to them now, I suppose. They're just like, just like getting on a bus. Exactly. Yeah. She's, and she's older now. So she's, has her phone and her AirPods in and she's clueless as to what's going on in the world. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Wow. So, okay. So then Lola came on board. And then. then, Um. And I feel like for a little while we had, it wasn't too, it was kind of just, you know, even they would call and there wasn't really any craziness going on for a short amount of time. And then I think once Cruz got a little bit older, um, Jordan kind of started to, once him and the girl got married, that's when they started to really kind of want Cruz involved. So so Cruz, there was one flight that I flew them. They were visiting family in Texas. I flew with them out for Christmas. I actually flew them out there, flew back, and then went back out like a week or 10 days later 
Um, this was one of our not so great trips. Cruz ended up with some kind of a cold or something. And without talking to me, they took him to a pediatrician and the pediatrician gave him amoxicillin, which Cruz is severely allergic to. <gasps> um, so when I got Cruz back, Cruz was raw from head to toe. He was head peeled no. inside and out. So his mouth, his eyelids from head to toe, his fingers were raw. Um, and I had to get on a plane with him. And that child screamed bloody murder for five hours straight. Wow. And you would do be in pain. Yeah. I had my parents' Southwest card and I actually ended up purchasing like shots for like half a plane because <laughs> I felt so bad. His ears were, it was awful and he was so uncomfortable. So, but yeah, it was one of those things like he didn't want to tell me that Cruz had a cold. So he just took him to the doctor, but wow. didn't even know that Cruz, didn't even know that Cruz was allergic. No, to no. Well, if he's had nothing to do with his son, how would exactly. he? So then after that, um, there wasn't really much involvement until Cruz was a little bit older. And then there was a period of time where things, we were good. Um, Jordan and I got talking and we kind of were just like, you know, we're both exhausted with fighting. Um, the kids and I were in a really bad car accident a few years ago. And right when that happened, him and his wife, they flew out, they were with us. They like stayed with a good friend of mine. They were, we were all like one happy family. And then a couple of weeks after that, um, he asked if he could like not pay child support for a little while. Cause they were between jobs and so that's kind of when I learned that, like, if I followed along with what they requested, then everything was good. We were like best friends. We had a group text going. We're like three amigos. And then I was like, so like eight months later, are you going to start paying child support again? And it all went to shit real quick. <laughs> wow. So as long as I kind of, you know, didn't really request money or didn't really like cause a fuss, like everything was good. But if I started to kind of, you know, ask about money or but, anything. But what about if you were between jobs? What about if you weren't working? Well, you were between was, jobs or whatever? I was usually staying at home. I had three little kids. So I was, if oh, I yeah. was working, it was minimal. Um, yeah. So where I did was, they think you were getting the money for, for the kids? Because like. Yeah, it was always just, they were, yeah, it was just, it was a very. It was just not a priority ever. So there was never a time where he would come visit. The kids always had to go there. Um, so this kind of went on for a while and things would kind of, we would get, things would get crappy and then they would get better again. And then him and his wife, they got married and they have two little girls. So um, the kids started going out there every summer and then we kind of switched around on holidays. And then... Yeah, everything was kind of, for the most part, um, he had another little set of infidelity on the new wife. So <gasps> I got to deal kind of firsthand with that and kind of help. And did, well, I was going to say, did she get in contact with you regarding yeah, everything that happened? So I was kind of assisting in that situation for a little while. And then a year ago in April, um, I... I think I told you I've the, the amount of trauma that I have faced uh, yeah. got to be a significant amount. And I was drinking like a fish. Um, and so I 
decided that I needed some help. And so I actually decided with my, we were not married at the time, but that I was going to go and take 30 days to kind of work on myself, go to rehab, work on some mental health, just kind of really kind of take myself out of the situation. And cause it was kind of a life or death thing at the time. And, and um, Jim, my husband was totally happy to stay with the kids. He was going to work from home. Like everything was going to go on as planned. So this is Lola's dad or this no, is so cuz you you have a partner now. Yeah. So okay, so 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 let's take a step back then. What so where's Lola's dad? What happened to Lola's dad? What happened to you and Lola's so, dad? Cuz you were together, we, had Lola and We never really were together after that. Oh, he was okay. um, very much kind of in his own world. He went off to a couple of other countries for work and he actually passed away in 2021. So he was down in Mexico and um, disappeared. So we don't know exactly what happened. We all kind of have our little ideas, Um, but no, he passed away or yeah, went missing. Well, he's disappeared. So he may be around, but it's, Mexico so highly likely that he isn't yeah exactly and if he is it's because he probably wanted to be and he won't be found ever again so um (sighs) but at that particular time when he had passed away he was not a big part of our life his family were very close but he was not a part of her life okay okay all right so you you guys you got pregnant but then you never really like you didn't get together or married or anything okay okay and so Jim Wonderful Jim is your current partner. Yeah, my husband. Yeah. So we got married. Our, for our one year anniversary is next Tuesday. So. Wow. And it's been one hell of a year. <laughs> oh, so. old Jim. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, okay, so then, so did you make this decision before or after you got married? Around, around the alcohol before so, okay yeah. so we had we you know we had kind of been together at the beginning of covid um we were we were living together during covid and covid really i mean like it did for many of us really like fired up the drinking even more um there was nothing else to do <laughs> i'm in the most lockdown city in the world right there was only like yeah. we were homeschooling our kids we were yeah. not having we couldn't leave unless it was nothing. to go to the supermarket so there was yeah. yeah, there was nothing, and there was no I, toilet paper. There was no pasta no, here. Yeah. There was no milk, yeah. so we just had to drink wine to get through yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had five kids in the house, all homeschooling from kindergarten to middle school to high school to college. Everybody was home, and everybody was on a computer. God darn! It was absolute chaos. Um, so yeah, then we we kind of split for a little while some I lost my dad um Lola's oh, dad died. a lot of yeah. just crazy stuff and I was just like you know what what's the point let's just keep drinking so um it got to a point where I was very much out of control and I got into some legal trouble and so we kind of decided you know it's now or never go so I went and literally I was on in the airplane when I got a message that Jordan had found out and was planning to come and get Cruz and Aiden. Yeah. No. Even though like Jim had totally, the kids knew Jim, they were super comfortable with Jim. Jim was actually going to move into the house that I was in across the 
straight school. He was going to work from home. Like no, nothing, nobody was going to miss a beat, but it was Jordan's kind of opportunity to like fly in and just kind of save the day and look like this very, you know, this amazing dad. And um, so, yeah, he came down and it was the funniest story. So he came down and said he was coming to get them on a Learjet. So I'm thinking, oh, well, aren't we fancy? He then asked me to pay for the fuel or the pilot. So I paid a couple of thousand dollars for this to happen. <gasps> and oh my goodness, that man showed up here in what we in America call a puddle jumper. <laughs> like, what's a puddle yeah, jumper? Oh, like, like a little tiny like plane. A little plane. So he comes in, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, he's coming in to get these kids, and everybody's very nervous, everybody's emotional. It's Easter weekend. The kids had to wear oxygen masks in, in this little puddle jumper, like all the way back home to North Dakota. So, um, and how long a flight is that? Like, it's a really long flight because this plane does not go very fast. Oh no! Why didn't he go oh. commercial? Oh, did he go, not go commercial because of COVID? No, COVID was done by then. Oh. We were, yeah. I think it was just for whatever reason this was a bright idea, and so. That was Not kind really. of the first thing. And then I think I was in my rehab for two weeks before I got court paperwork that he was pretty much filing for um, emergency. Custody. And but, so, so, okay, so he, he flew in. He went, oh, don't worry, I'll save the day. You're you're in rehab, so that's okay. I'll take the kids. He flew in, took the kids. You were in rehab. Yeah, Jim really gone. doesn't have – he doesn't, really he doesn't have, have any – custody rights really because yeah. he no. you and him weren't married uh no, so he can't really stop him and he just took the kids and that was that and then you got papers for custody yeah so wow i got home um jim and i would while i was away the kind of the how can we make this like how can we kind of create something memorable out of this so i was in las vegas so jim came down and we took two days to go get married by Elvis and kind of Elvis. get something positive out of this. And um, we came home and then kind of got back to regular life and had Lola and we had the old, our older son was back and forth between his mom and us. And um, the kids, Cruz and Avon actually came to visit and then they started school in North Dakota and um then all of a sudden there was some some situation that happened in which Cruz was being blamed for something that happened with the little girls that we still never know what really happened and he got sent home like overnight so your eldest daughter is there she is still there so that is the one that but I'm she's talking. not with her brother no which so is Cruz so Cruz was sent home in August, no, end of August. Um, he has not been spoken to since by his dad. Um, stepmom was calling for a while, but we kind of finally put a little bit of a halt to that because it was getting a little confusing for Cruz. Yeah, he still has Avon. So, so how old is Cruz now? Cruz, what will, is be he? 10 on, Cruz will be 10, 10 on Saturday. Yeah. Okay, blimey. On 13th. So, so, but he, you know, he's, he probably out of the two kids is 
um, Avon is very, she's been doing this for a long time. She knows her dad. She knows the drill. Cruz doesn't. And Cruz was really struggling. He was not, he was really emotionally struggling. So I, when I got the news that he was going to be flown home, I was like, oh, thank God, because he just needs to be home. And he has done amazing since he's been back. He's just a very... He is my most kind-hearted child, um, but he's a mama's boy. <laughs> he loves yeah. his mom. So, um, and you know, and and I think you know, um, I'm a daddy's girl, so that yeah, I was too. <laughs> I don't know why exactly, but like the thing is, um, it's important for kids to ha- see both parents. And like, yeah. I mean, my son doesn't see his dad, his yeah. dad's choice, um, and I have always said, look you can see you can see your son um there are just boundaries that i've set because of various different um addiction um situations with my ex right so um but i've never said he can never see his child because it's very important for children to see both parents right but when a parent takes a child and has them full time without that visitation thing that's that's that must be hard. I mean, Crikey, you were just out of rehab, right? How did you okay. deal with all of this? Because oh, was- I would want to, I would want to seriously fight for my kids. I was going to say seriously harm somebody, but like I would, but, you yeah. just, yeah. It was, it was, it was very, very hard. I honestly, I, um, I don't think had it not been for Jim, I don't know if I would have done very well getting through it. Mm. But at one point we actually, Jim and I actually went to North Dakota to visit and we had the best visit ever. Literally best visit ever. They ended up picking us up from the airport. We were at their house night and day. We left. Everybody's hugging. We're all talking about how we can't wait to get together again. And then something happened and it all fell apart again. And it was kind of aligned slightly with being asked, they were asking me for money. And I was like, no, like you owe me like $27,000 in child support. Like I'm not giving you, I'm happy to, you know, we got the kids outfitted for all the things they needed in North Dakota. Like, but no, like that's on you. Um, And then within a couple of days, like we got this call pretty much this emergency situation. And yeah, Cruz was sent home. He was, I think, put on a plane at about 6.40 in the morning and he was home by like noon. Um, And yeah, and it was traumatic for him. He didn't understand why. He didn't completely get it. His stuff was literally thrown in a suitcase. Kid was shipped back home. So yeah, it was, we still, and it, it's been a source of contention since we do not speak. We have no communication. We only communicate through a lawyer. And now our problem is like, Avon is technically supposed to be able to come home this summer and stay and continue on here. But yeah, it's, I don't know exactly how that's all going to work. So, so, um, do you have, so, cause it's been a roller coaster this last oh, 10 yeah. years or so, right? Um, Do you have any tips if there's people listening to this, right, who are going through similar stuff and and well, and I know just through my friend base that there are some single moms and dads who are going through similar situations, right? Similar traumas uh, regarding 
ex-wives or ex-husbands um demanding the children or just taking the children basically um in both camps you know women and men right not just it's not just about the men stealing children or taking kids right um do you have any tips for people who are going through this on how to get how to get through it and how to deal with the best way to deal with it yeah i actually i led a kind of a book study a few years ago about and it was really centered around trauma when you're dealing with a co-parent and it ended up being a lot about narcissists because that was a common theme in our group um yeah there's i mean you can my first obviously my number one trip get the lawyer get the therapy and do all the things but you know just making sure you have an incredible friend base around you um I've always been really fortunate to have good people in my life. Um, but yeah, I've always had a good therapist and I've, I have done whatever I needed to have a good lawyer. Um, as they make all the difference. There's so many things and that he hears that I don't hear. And, uh, and it's somebody that also I can, I can hand a lot of my worry off because he kind of handles it. So um, I know that that's not the easiest thing for everybody, but I have, I've always found a way to have that legal help. Um, and then just really making sure that your, your mental health and how you're, cause a lot of this can be so traumatic. Um, but a lot of times we are dealing with a person who's not well. Yes. Dog in fact. I know. <laughs> um, and that's the biggest thing is a lot of times the trauma we're going through now, we've probably been going through if we were married to the person and we have to heal from that so that we can become the healthier parent, um, which I know now that I am. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I agree. One, I'm the calm one. I'm, I am the better parent. Um, it, and it is about looking after yourself. Yeah. It definitely, yeah. it like, but also putting that and you're right. It's putting that legal team around you and having a therapist right so um i thought i was dealing with postnatal depression right when i first was dealing with everything that i was dealing with and um yeah and so i'd got a therapist just to be able i didn't have any i was in I'm, i live in australia right? i live in melbourne and um my family are all in the uk right so i had a few key friends that were here that like saved my life right quite literally saved my life but like I had nobody else, right? Nobody. So um, actually having a therapist just to be able to go to and speak to once a week, every other week, once a month or whatever was helpful for me because I could then just get everything out of my body. So I wasn't holding on to that stress, get everything out of my body and start to work through one, what I did, needed to do with my situation my co-parenting situation, but two, what I needed to do with me as well and how I needed to think about and improve situations with me yeah. um, and my thought process. And um, it is all too hard to go and say, right, I'm just going to have a glass or come home from work, your kids screaming or whatever, you put them down, they go to sleep and you go, right, I'm going to have a glass of wine or whatever. And it turns into a bottle and then that's every night or whatever. And then, and then you sort of using it as a crutch to basically take away the pain and the trauma that you've been through. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's just a way of numbing that pain. 
you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. So dealing with that trauma then deals with the situation of the alcohol, the drugs, whatever, or hopefully it does. I mean, it's hard because that that mechanism is the crutch as such. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And you're right, having a lawyer just, one, they know the law, right? Two, they are not personally, emotionally attached to the situation. So they can then give you advice and deal with the situation. The problem is, though, they cost money. Oh. But but okay. sometimes you can get legal aid, though. Yeah. So. And I've had a lot of situations, too, where I have had lawyers that I've paid over time. So there's little ways. And I think if you're, I know one of the questions you asked was what, if you're dealing with a, like a, a toxic co-parenting situation, and I really don't think that is possible without a lawyer, because you really do have to have somebody that like kind of is the balance between the two. But um, there's an, when, you know, Jordan has never had a lawyer. I've always had one and it just always, it looks when you go into court and one person has an attorney, um, a lot of times that person's case is a lot more put together. Things are very organized. Um, and you know, just, it's, I don't know, it's a huge help. Um, if you're dealing with anybody that's really toxic, it's, it's very tough to do because I, I know for me, like even going forward, I cannot communicate with this person anymore. There's too much that has been done. Um, I don't want that kind of, I don't want that in my life. So whether we have a lawyer for till they're all 18, like (laughs) I probably will have somebody because I, I need, I need my ex-husband to know that he cannot communicate with me. Here's my lawyer's email address. Um, it takes me right out of there and then he can feed his bullshit to somebody else and they can, they can feed it to me. Um, and, and I think it's very good. At, like, so if you are dealing with a narcissist as such, right, it's very good if you feel as though you won't be able to deal with them because it's toxic for you and not good for your mental health. It's very good to get that third party um, involved so that um, you protect yourself, basically. Yeah. Protect your mental self protect your kids as well um and just and and deal with that situation as best you possibly can i mean have you how do you do is, is there i mean i know there's a lot of co-parenting apps and things like that out there do you like what ways have you tried to deal with this apart from the lawyer what ways have you tried to deal with there the was co-parenting side we used, we used a communication app for a hot minute um and then we didn't, um, yeah, no, we, we either have like really great communication or we just don't at all. And so, um, I think when, yeah, when we visited last summer, I think Jim and I both came home and we were like, oh, this is the best. We were like envisioning family Christmases, but then like the situation got worse and, you know, our son was totally, I mean, Cruz is a great kid and luckily he has Jim and Jim is such a great dad and Cruz always very close with my dad. We really, um, we really surround Cruz with really good men. So whether it's a baseball coach, like we've actually 
have him in the wrong baseball league so that he has this particular coach that is phenomenal. We so we really try to surround him because we know that that key component of his life is missing and that has been very traumatic. So, um, but once, you know, I'm a mom first and foremost, and I'm super nice, but if you start to mess with one of the kids, then <laughs> I become a person that you do not want. To. No, I, you can I think we're all like that. <laughs> you can put down my mother. You can tell yeah. me that I'm crazy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You mentioned one of my kids though, and I'm like done. So yeah, Mama Bear comes out, and she is coming out fighting. No, I agree. I agree. Like it, and and that's. I don't think that's a bad trait. That's no, a good trait. No, no exactly. Because it, like, yeah, the kids are. You know, it's not their fault they got born, and like, oh. you know, they're in this situation, and um, yeah, they should just, yeah, they should, they shouldn't have to deal with it, and it's unfortunate. Um, I'm hoping that in having to deal with the situation that he shouldn't have to deal with, my son will actually be a stronger person at the end of the day and have more emotional intelligence in dealing with these situations um, than I would have ever had because my parents are still together, right? They've been together 52 years, right? So they're still together. I haven't had to deal with any of this emotional trauma as such from a parent from my parents separating. I mean, there's other emotional traumas that have gone on, but, um, but yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I know, I know it's, it's a nightmare. So where can people learn more about who you are and what you do and, and stuff like that? Where can they find you if they want to, if somebody wants to reach out to you and just go, Hey, I'm going through this. Can I have a chat? Because like, you know, can, or can you answer a few questions for me? So right now, I'm mainly just on Instagram. I'm working on the blog thing. I'm just, I'm not a techie person. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Neither am I. Don't, don't look at my I, website. No, I have an Instagram and it's, um, it's ITS Jessica Welch. So it's, it's Jessica Welch. Um, and I do most of my stuff on there. And, but no, I, yeah. I'm happy to answer questions. Yeah. Co-parent, I had a, a friend last night who was asking me about some court stuff and it's like, it's, I've been through it multiple times. It's very fresh in my memory. Um, and unfortunately I have the part two where I have a child who's lost her dad. Like, so that's been, I get a lot of questions about that. Cause that's a really, that's a tough one too. Um, so. Well, and also I suppose for, for, um, for Lola, it's like, I know we, we're saying he's dead, right. But he's missing, right. So that does yeah. she know he's missing no, or just that part? Um, oh, okay. And we're pretty, I mean, well, we all have our little, <laughs> our theories and, but um, yeah, she just knows, you know, she's under the impression that he drowned, which we probably think is what happened. Um, okay. But yeah, she's, you know, I'm very blessed in that sense that I have somehow managed to stay close with both of my exes and their families. So oh, Lola has an aunt. But it's great. I'm best friends with lives a couple 20, 30 minutes away. Um, we have I've got nephews and I've got my ex-husband has family in Arizona that I'm close with. And so mm. my kids still Lola still has a lot of her dad. Um yeah. got baptized a couple of weeks ago and her grandparents came, her grandfather baptized oh, her, yeah. his parents. So we keep everybody 
you know, we, she's got some of his old t-shirts that she's in. And so we try to keep it as much as it wasn't a positive relationship for me. He was a good man and I loved him dearly. So we try to keep him, you know, afloat in our, in our somehow. So. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's because at the end of the day, like you said, right, it, it's not, it wasn't a positive relationship for you, but it's her dad at the end of the day, right? Yeah. It is and her dad. I don't know. Who knows what would have happened if he hadn't died? Maybe he would have decided to be a better dad. I, I never know. So I just try to make it as positive as I can because she deserves that. No, exactly right. Exactly right. So thank you for coming oh my gosh. and opening up to us. Thank you so much for coming and opening up to us. Because it's a, like it's a difficult journey you've been on, right? And it's a difficult story. And yeah. and you still don't have your eldest child living with you at the moment. So, and who knows when that will happen, I suppose. But um, We're very hopeful that it will happen in June. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Because it would be nice to get the clan all together, wouldn't it? So... Over and above all of this, right, all of this, I have one final question for you. And what that question is, is what's your life motto? What, are you, what is the one thing, one sentence that you would say to people, I live my life by this? So I have two. Oh, two. Because I have my very kind, like, motherly side, and then I have like the Italian side that's like real cutthroat. And my husband's like, wow, this is so you. So I am, whenever my kids get out of the car every day, I'm like, be kind, be kind, Fair Just be nice to people, yeah. be kind, smile, be helpful, make a friend, um, be kind to your siblings, be kind to me, be kind to yourself. Yeah. But then I'm also on the board of do no harm, but take no shit. <laughs> <laughs> be kind do no harm and take no shit people yeah you have to stand on your especially my girls i'm always teaching the girls you know you got to stand up for yourself you can always be nice and a good person but you have to stand up for yourself and especially women we really have to have our you know i agree it's like don't give your power away people like no. whether you're male or female right it's don't give your power away respect who you are and that people needs need to respect you as a human being i think yeah. and yeah. be nice to you i think we yes. covered them all yes. off there there you go it's easy i know so, yeah. i know thank you god love you um it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you so much again for like just telling us we need more mums and dads on here like you to just go hey there is hope you know um you've been dealing with battles that you've got through and pulled yourself through and you're sane and like you're now well sane-ish and <laughs> and you're now you know you're in a healthy relationship maybe we should get Jim on and talk about you guys co-parenting in a blended family situation <laughs> but um yeah god love him and um yeah and so it's just I just love getting people like yourselves on to say, hey, look, I've been through a hell of a time, but I'm at the other side. I'm sane. I'm good. Uh, it is just one day at a time. This too shall pass, right? Um, 
And I love a clip on uh, Facebook of Tom Hanks when they do this like actors round table thing where he goes, you know, in the bad times, he said, I wish, I wish I'd learned this too shall pass um, sooner because he's like, this too shall pass with all the bad things that happen in your life. But then also, and because I suppose they're actors, all the good things that happen as well, this too shall pass as well. And it's quite a, it's quite a good little clip from, um, from YouTube on, about Tom Hanks and when he says that, because everyone around the table and there's famous people around the table all agree with him because it is true. And I, and I suppose it's even more truer for them because they are on top of the world and everyone thinks, so, you know, they're great. And then it goes because, you know, they get knocked down by the media or whatever. And then, and then it's all bad. And then, you know, and then they're all great again. And yeah, no, it's just yeah. a nightmare. Well, I'm Happy gonna, Mother's Day. Yeah, I know. Happy Mother's Day to you too. Um, I don't know. When is Mother's Day for you guys in the States? Is it the it's same? It's on Sunday. At the same time so, as ours. Yay. Okay. So my son's birthday is Saturday and then Mother's Day is Sunday. Oh, see, so. it's different in the UK. It's a different day. Oh. So I have to get it oh. all. Yeah. So it's. I have to go, oh. oh, I have to remember Mother's Day, otherwise I just forget Mother's and Father's Day in the UK and they get and they get nothing. So um, it's all oh. good. It's all good. But they always remember Mother's Day over here, mainly because my son's going to my mum, Mum, it's, Nana, it's Mother's Day and I need to get Mummy something. So, oh. so my mum gets me something from my son, which is great. It was alcohol this year. I'm not sure he, ah. I'm not sure he <laughs> asked her to get that, but I think she went, oh, she maybe needs a bit of a drink on Sunday. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. Anyway, I digress. I'm rabbiting on now. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Jessica. Um, and I bid you a fantastic afternoon. I think where you are. Oh um, yeah. We're, it's almost eight o'clock at night. So I'll be sleeping. Oh, it looks but brilliant daylight outside. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the most beautiful time of day oh, here. Everything. There we go. Like golden. Yeah. 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 Well, well, okay then. You have fun and uh, I will speak to you again. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.